there by um, pulling this down to get what they call the shade. Here, I'm going to press that, and yet it's iPhone speaker and hearing aid. This is hooking into the system because it's my hearing aid going into Bluetooth to the uh, uh, that system.
All right, good morning, everyone. I want to call to order the Board of Supervisors meeting of Tuesday, January 9th, 2024. And our first order of business is to take the roll and read about public participation. Thank you. Supervisor Rice? Here. Supervisor Lucan? Here. Supervisor Sackett? Here. Supervisor Radoni? Here. Supervisor Moulton Peters? Here. If you are joining us today on Zoom and would like to participate, please use the raise hand icon located on your screen. If you are participating by landline, please press star nine to raise your hand. When it is your turn to speak, your name will be called and you will be asked to unmute your device. If you are participating by landline, you will hear that you are unmuted. That concludes the instructions and I will pass the meeting back to President Moulton Peters. Very good. Okay, our first order of business after that now is the organization of the board. This is our annual changing of the guard. I would entertain a motion for the new slate of officers. I would be happy to make that motion and move as a slate. Um, Dennis Rodoni for president, Mary Sackett for vice president, and Eric Lucan for second vice, vice president. Uh, very good, is there a second? I'll second that. Thank you. We have a motion and a second. I will take public comment on this, if there's any. I'm not seeing anyone in the chambers. Is there anyone online? Yes, the first speaker is Emma. Please unmute. Of course. Thanks. Uh, going forward in 2024, whatever the lineup is going to be, that you commit yourself to transparency. With with um, and the county administration still don't have if if Dennis Redoni is or explanation from him about uh, you know people he helped appoint to the sheriff's civilian work, oversight working group connected to law enforcement or have multiple that's extremely problematic. In particular, <laughs> enforcement official in Sonoma County uh, should have been an official notice for for a Marin County Sheriff deputy and. This wasn't disclosed by the county, by Search Marin, uh, which apparently may have for program with regard to slash um, you haven't demonstrated that to only problematic uh, member of that good morning happy um, um, that the HRC has not um, is and at the last meeting it was again the same as what you 
chair who, who's, you know, who should have known better with vote to have the chair a lot of havoc and even so in a way having him as the chair with for being intimidated is problematic and in a way it, it just you you gotta be kidding you have President of the Board of Supervisors, Bob Wither, human rights. Is a like a, a junta. You have people who just don't want to be there. They don't want to step up. There is no requirement. So, in other words, you have you make it absolutely possible for the same. You don't have any kind of procedure whatsoever to have a changing or to have some kind of a good record to warrant you being chair. Organizing it, please tell us what the staff and new procedures. Thank you. Thank you. We have a motion and a second to elect uh, Supervisor Radoni as president, Supervisor uh, Sackett as vice president, and Supervisor Lucan as second vice president. All in favor? Aye. Aye. That motion carries. Congratulations to all our new members. Thank you uh, to the board for electing me. And I do want to thank uh, Supervisor Moulton Peters for her service this year. And as the tradition, we have a little gift for her. Uh, this particular gift is really from all over West Marin and Marin. It's a basket of goodies for her to enjoy uh, with her staff or her family. And just really want to thank her for her service. Thank you, everyone. Looks like I'm going on a picnic in West Marin. There you Thank go. you. <laughs> Nicely done, Rodoni staff. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, as is the tradition, I wanted to give the uh, outgoing president a chance to make comments either about 23 or 24. And then we'll, I, I'll do the same and pass it on to other board members. So, Stephanie, would you like to go first? Sure, be happy to. You know, I'll say just very briefly what an honor and a privilege it was to work with this board over the last year. And I was particularly happy to welcome 
Supervisor Sackett and Supervisor Lucan to the board and work again with Supervisor Radoni and Supervisor Rice. We have a very strong, very collegial uh, and, and varied team in terms of background and expertise and I, I think we work extremely well together. Uh, so we, we had a very full year last year. I think uh, our county executive and I breathed a sigh at the end of the year and went, wow, we did that. Uh, they're all full years and they're all very impactful years. I want to thank our staff, all of you here in the chambers today and listening online for all of your dedication and very hard work. The challenges we face are not easy ones to resolve and you all show incredible uh, determination, creativity and collaboration with each other to help us move forward on all the issues facing us. So, you know, going forward, I'll just say, for me, uh, the issues are a continuation in my district of uh, resolving longstanding issues uh, on Richardson Bay and the renovation of Golden Gate Village uh, and working for um, just strengthening all of our Southern Marin communities. So uh, I'm still gonna be at it and we're still gonna make progress. And again, I'm very happy to work with this team. Thanks to everyone for a great year last year and more to come this year under Dennis's leadership. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, I too want to thank, first of all, the clerk staff who do a lot of the work to set up these meetings, our county employees, and our fellow, my fellow board members for a successful 2023 and looking forward to 2024. Uh, again, I'd like to thank Supervisor Moulton Peters for her leadership, encouragement, and for the great work she did last year in keeping us organized and on a state, straight path forward. Um, and lastly, thanks to our board aides who really keep us on track and focused day in the day-to-day -day issues that we need to be focused on. And they really do the hard work behind the scenes, so thanks so much to the, the board aides. <clears throat> My priorities for 2024 are really focused on the six board priorities. In addition, I am focusing on board meetings be efficient, being efficient, productive, and transparent. As you may have noticed, we are going to two board meetings a month with the Housing Authority meeting on the odd Tuesday that we're off. So this will mean that we have more, uh, more business to do in a shorter period of time and being efficient is most important. Um, there will be a couple days next year where we will have a board meeting and an MHA meeting at the same, the same day, but that's only on a rare occasion. And the MHA meetings now will be a set time on that odd Tuesday at 1.30 in the afternoon. Improving accessibility to the board meetings online and in person will be our focus this year with some changes starting today and other changes starting happening over the next several months. Again, thanking the clerk staff for that, those changes. Several major changes will occur this year at the county. We have a new HHS director coming on and we will now be announcing that later today. Welcome, doctor. Um, and, and in March, Matthew retires and a new county executive comes on board. Well, we will all miss Matthew, um, and we wish him the very best in his retirement. At the same time, new, new leadership at the county for the very first time in almost two decades is some, meets, means we will have some challenges. My job as president is to make sure the transition is as seamless as possible, assisting both new and old along the way. My other county priorities for me include asking for a minimum wage ordinance to be adopted by the end of this next year. My staff and I will also be working on developing another major environmental project around community resilience this year. 
and I will continue to advocate for county services to be delivered to the residents where they live. Focusing on District 4, we have decisions to make later this week about the short-term rental ordinance, and I will continue to focus on visitor and community-serving infrastructure on the coast in the following months. Finishing the acquisition and completion of the design and planning for a new fire station at the San Geronimo Commons is a 24 priority for me. Tackling Tamales Bay needs, with multiple, which has multiple jurisdictions uh, in that environment, and how to bring decision-making to the forefront and engage all stakeholders and the public agencies in developing a strategy for the next decade will be our priority. And lastly, reviewing our commissions and reviewing processes around our commissions will be taken on in the first half of 2024. And today I'm asking Supervisor Lucan to join me on this subcommittee so we can start this process in the next couple weeks. Again, thank you, and I <clears throat> really appreciate the chance to be president for the second time, and I'll pass this on to Vice President Sackett. Thank you very much. Um, I will just go over a couple of my priorities for the for the year. Um, as as equity is embedded in all that we do, I'm a, I look forward to the opportunity to bring forward the AB eleven eighty five sheriff's oversight um, ordinance. We're working closely with the working group, with the sheriff's office, with the DSA, um, and I really want to thank Sheriff Scardina for engaging in this work um, so that we have an public forum for transparency um, and talking about law enforcement policy. Um, last year we got through the, or was it this year, we got through the housing element, I guess about a year ago today. Um, and I think we're gonna start to see more and more interest in some of those sites that we talked about in that housing element and we might start to see some things come forward. And with that, just wanting to ensure that we are at the forefront of those discussions with our with anybody who's looking at developing so that we can make sure that we get the infrastructure in place that we're connected to transit and and our pathways and that we are really communicating with our schools so that any new development project that comes forward has um, a, a countywide and community-wide um, approach and I also want to continue working with our state delegation to talk about the end of our eight-year arena cycle on our housing element um, and you know really recognize that few projects come to fruition in eight years and that you know how can we how can we work on making progress while also not um, facing draconian penalties um, um, in working with our whole person care and homelessness team, I hope that over this coming year that we can take a more countywide approach. Um, by it, homelessness is not something that one jurisdiction can solve alone, and I hope that we, I really appreciate the work that's been done on Binford Road and itemizing all of the pieces that go into supporting folks um, experiencing homelessness, and I hope that we can really work in tandem on the nuts and bolts with our cities and towns um, to look for, you know, itemize who's doing what and to look for the holes and work collaboratively to find funding and opportunities to close those holes. So I'm committed to working um, on that 
very closely with the city in San, of San Rafael in particular, but with all of our jurisdictions. Um, and I'm looking forward to the 30 Joseph Court project being one of the solutions that is a countywide approach where we'll have an opportunity, 15 beds of a former um, fire station that will provide people that have who are experiencing homeless or who are experiencing mental health and substance abuse orders as a as a residential treatment facility in order to address that and just noting that that's not a count that's not a county only facility but it'll be open um, across the board I appreciate Supervisor Moulton Peters' um, commitment to working on the revitalization of Golden Gate Village. I'm too excited about having a development partner and hope that this is the year that we can get that really moving forward. Um, continue to focus on the IHSS wages for our in-home supportive services. We, uh, I appreciate that we have voted to move those hourly wages from $16.95 to $18 an hour. Um, last year and just want to look forward to to continuing to support the public authority um, in supporting those those workers that are so crucial to our community um, when we talk about climate transportation is one of our biggest sectors and I think the countywide transportation plan is an opportunity where we can really bring all of our work together um, to support transit to support our bicycle and pedestrian infrastructure and to support any new development projects that come forward um, and I uh, will continue to advocate that yellow bus service has to be a part of that and uh, I'm looking forward to later this month I understand the active transportation planner position will be coming to this board so I'm excited to see to get that person on board so we can really um, bring all these pieces together to ensure that we are really thinking about how we get kids to school, but also how we um, transport our older adults and others around this community so that everybody can engage and be supported. Disaster preparedness, I love to see the rain and, and it's great to not have fires right now, but um, all we, I appreciate with the Office of Emergency Services and others that we always have our eye on that and that we're really kind of expanding that discussion to also talk again about flood and other disasters that we hope don't come our way, but we want to be pre prepared for. And in particular in District 1, um, continuing to focus on the 576 homes that are protected by the San Venetia um, timber reinforced berm that needs to be replaced. Um, and finally, I also want to thank um, my colleagues on the board. I think I, I do feel very fortunate as of with Supervisor Lucan engaging with CSAC and so forth, really understanding that we have something unique here um, and our ability to work together and um, for the good of all of our residents is, is not to be taken for granted. So I really appreciate that. I want to appreciate um, my aides, Julia Reinhard and um, Gustavo Gonzalez, who has left us for Health and Human Services, which I think is great for the county. And I'm really excited to welcome Crystal Martinez um, to our team. I think we will, it's gonna be a great year. And um, so thank you all for your help. And I also wanna appreciate um, all of our county employees. None of our priorities would be possible without the work that you do every single day. Um, and I know with these big changes coming ahead that uncertainty and change is hard and um, can be stressful and you know makes makes people think about things differently. And so 
I think we, um, I'll speak for myself and I think all of us, that we wanna make sure that the, that the changeover is as seamless as it possibly can be and that we're here to support you. Um, and just always looking at opportunities and um, places where we can incentivize um, and keep people um, working in the jobs that they do to support all of our priorities. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you, Supervisor Sackett. Uh, Supervisor Lucan. Uh, thank you, Supervisor Rodoni, and um, looking forward to working with you as our new board president of this year. I want to thank Supervisor Moulton Peters for a great 2023. Uh, as I reflect and look back at 2023, for me, it really was a great freshman year uh, here at the Board of Supervisors. I really want to thank my, my upper classmates on the board who showed me the ways early on. It was, uh, it's been a great, great year. Uh, my, the faculty, all of the staff at the County of Marin who uh, continue to educate me and, and show me the ways around county government, um, we've got really top-notch staff here. And, and to my team, uh, Leslie Weber and Tanya Albert on the District 5 team, um, who did most of my homework all year long, uh, thank you for all of your support. It's uh, great working with you. Uh, when I look back at 2023, the highlights, uh, you know, it starts with the adoption of our housing element at the beginning of the year, uh, the continued work we've made on Binford Road throughout the course of the year, and then kind of summing up 2023 were the 10 units uh, that we were able to secure in Novato for aging out foster youth. Uh, that are deed restricted and, and permanent. Uh, it's gonna be a great opportunity for the Foster Care Association uh, to be able to acquire that building in Novato. So that really sort of highlights the, the 2023 uh, for me. Uh, looking forward, uh, really kind of look at 2024 in three main focus areas. Uh, number one is, is focus on people. Uh, as a local government, we are in the people business with 23 agencies, approximately 2,400 employees, empowering and strengthening our workforce, um, ensuring that we have strong retention in a tight labor market is really key um, to be able to provide the great service that we do day in and day out for all of the, the residents in the community of Marin. Um, we also have some key people changes that are happening, a uh, new uh, Director of Health and Human Services that we're gonna be um, formalizing today with new uh, county executive that will be coming on. Um, so a lot of changes and transitions around people, uh, all the more reason to continue to focus on that area. And then ultimately the people that we serve. Uh, when we look at the County of Marin, uh, knowing that still far too many individuals remain unhoused, far too many individuals in our county are struggling and continue to struggle to make ends meet, and how do we continue to advance our equity work because we know that uh, for people of color, the disparities are even greater. So a real focus on people as we head into 2024. Um, I'll be leaning in and continue to lean in heavily on early childhood education. Uh, how can we uh, continue to make that affordable for, for families of, of all different um, backgrounds uh, in our county? Um, continuing our work on, on housing uh, and homelessness. Um, in conjunction with our cities and towns, continuing the work in District 5 on Binford Road, but recognizing that uh, homelessness is, uh, affects our entire county, uh, and we need to uh, continue to uh, come up with better plans and better solutions for our unhoused community. And then continue the great work we've done with our housing element that I thought was very forward-looking. Um, there's always a lot of focus on the numbers and the allocations, um, but over the next several years, we'll be working on the implementation of the programs in our housing element, which is really the, the, the crux of our housing element. So real focus on people heading into 2024. Another focus on places. Um, not always the most popular of topics, but we need to continue to invest. Uh, using our one-time dollars has been significant, but it's not enough to take care of all of our needs. Uh, 2024, I see as an opportunity to lay the groundwork for broader capital needs around the county, prioritizing infrastructure and facilities. 
Uh, it's always more exciting to invest in new programs or shiny new objects, um, but it's often more prudent uh, to continue to maintain what we have. Uh, key places uh, to focus on include our Civic Center campus, the Veterans Memorial Auditorium, Juvenile Hall, libraries, fire facilities, a multi-year plan for streets and roads, uh, and as well as our parks, where there's much interest on a fully inclusive Magical Bridge playground and, of course, pickleball. Um, so in addition to uh, people and places, we need to keep a focus on our planet and our environment, reducing greenhouse gas emissions in transportation and in our built environment. Um, can't be allowed to just plateau as our planet continues to warm and sea level rise uh, continues to threaten our critical infrastructure. Expanding EV adoption, greening our public fleets, reducing VMT, investing in bike pet improvements uh, all present an opportunity for us. And I think as a county, we could uh, be a convener in many of these areas with our cities and towns. Just one small example, all of our cities and towns have in some form limited uh, a ban on these small off-road engines like gas uh, leaf blowers. I think the county could come alongside and not just uh, complement with a similar ban, but also really help uh, with the education and awareness around where we're going. So uh, when I look forward to 2024, it's about people, places, and our planet. I look forward to working with my colleagues for a great year. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor. Supervisor Rice. Yeah, good morning. I just love our freshman class. Don't you love our <laughs> freshman class? I'm a sophomore now. Not, just barely. And as the senior... Um, so, um, I guess I want to just, Happy New Year to everybody. Um, it is, it is just, it's a mark on the calendar, and every day is, is the first day, right, of the rest of the year, but it, it is an opportunity for a little reflection and, and sort of, uh, gauging where we are at. Um, for my district, for District 2 in my office, um, as well as for the county, as has been mentioned, uh, mentioned, it is a year of transition, um, not just for me. I've got a, I'm, I'm here for the rest of the year. I'm here every single day of 2024, so don't count me out, anyone. Um, but we also have some transition within um, our office, and um, I want to welcome on board Fel Agrelius to my staff in the back of the room. Fel comes to us from um, work in, uh, with partners out in the community. Uh, she actually ha is an elected official with the Marin County Office of Education, and she's worked for the city of San Rafael, as well as many other endeavors out in the county of Marin and beyond. And I'm really, really pleased to have you on board, taking the place of my wonderful uh, Crystal Martinez, who moved on to Supervisor Sackett's office, which is a perfect place uh, for Crystal, given that she lives in this in the um, the district. And then Susanna Clark is um, holding uh, my second seat's place um, while we wait to onboard my second new staff. I want to thank Susanna, who I don't see. Where is she? She's somewhere here. Anyway, she um, is has been great for all of our offices in sort of holding down the forts as we make transitions with staff, and I will be introducing my um, second aide later in February, but um, very, very happy to have you on board, Fell, and really excited about the year ahead, and part of the work that, um, that I'll be doing is onboarding my staff and introducing them to the various uh, residents, projects, um, uh, things that are going on out in the community in which I really rely on my aides to interface and work with community leaders, uh, neighbors, 
uh, folks working on projects um, across District 2. And al along with that is not only um, doing that warm handoff from one aid uh, to another in terms of introducing to uh, constituents and residents, but also to the staff across the county who we work with really closely, whether it's CDA or DPW or Health and Human Services, a lot of the smaller stuff, the smaller issues and projects that are happening out in our communities don't rise to the level of the big issues that we tend to remark on here um, at the dais, but is the ongoing work of all of our offices as we work on little stuff across the county and, and, and making our, our community stronger, better, and being responsive to um, our residents. So I look forward to that work, and I want to thank not only my aides, but county staff for working so closely with their offices. Um, you've just been great. Um, I hope to be as much help as possible in the transition um, as we say goodbye to Matthew and onboard our new um, county executive. I think that's critically important. As the senior, um, I do, I've been here now 20 years, I do have quite a bit of institutional knowledge and you know, I know where all, the, where all the skeletons are, the bodies are buried, that sort of thing. Um, uh, but um, seriously, I do, it's, this is really important and, and as you mentioned, Supervisor Rodoni, it's not, it's, you know, transitions are opportunities, but they're also challenging, and I think we all need to be on board to support this transition, and I'll um, do my best to support um, us going forward. Very, very happy to welcome, um, be welcoming a little later this morning, our new Health and Human Services Director. We'll hear more about her, but I think we're really, really fortunate um, to be bringing a doctor on board. Um, I think the only other thing I really want to mention, and it's been these issues have been mentioned a couple of times, but these these ongoing, most challenging issues, and specifically, I want to speak to uh, homelessness. Um, Eric and I sit on our homelessness and permanent supportive committee for the board. Um, we will really be leaning in, and to Supervisor Sackett's comments around really working with the cities, all the cities. This is a countywide issue. We do need more clarity on lanes, but we also really need to strengthen our relationships and the collaboration. This is going to be an ongoing challenge for all of us countywide, not just this year, but for the year in the years to come. And I'm really proud of the work that we've done as a county and with our partners, um, but I think that um, we are going to have to further gird ourselves and strengthen our relationships with our partners and um, fine-tune what we're doing. I think we can, we can do more and we can do better. Similarly, um, uh, Eric and I sit on the Affordable and Workforce Housing Committee, and um, I think that's critically important, not just the committee work, obviously, but um, implementing our housing element programs, leveraging our housing trust dollars. Um, I was uh, really, ha I had the pleasure of visiting Vivalon, the Healthy Aging Campus, over the break. Um, what a what a beautiful facility, housing, programming, services for the broader community as well. Um, I think that the role that the county can play both in leveraging our dollars and in supporting projects like this or home projects and others is really critically important and we can lead here and again it is about collaborating and partnering. Um, and then lastly, on the, the sea level rise front, Stephanie and I sit on the sea level rise committee for our board. Um, there is an, we look forward to bringing on um, some help as we look at our internal structure of how this county as an organization will be addressing sea level rise, but um, as importantly, if not more importantly, how do we organize as a county um, working with cities, towns, and the various agencies and the private 
sector and residents in terms of working together to strategize and implement sea level rise adaptation and projects going forward. I think that's um, critically important and look forward to that work. So I think, um, I think that's it. Obviously lots else going on, but I wanna leave it there. Those are the top of the fold issues and I look forward to the work ahead. I wanna thank my colleagues. I wanna especially thank you uh, Supervisor Moulton Peters for your incredible leadership over the course of last year. And Dennis, um, thank you for taking on the role this year. Um, it, is, it, is a, it is not just a city, sitting here um, in the center seat at the dais taking on this role of president of the board. There's a lot of extra work that comes with it and I really appreciate the time and effort and look forward to working with you, Dennis. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, and we're on agenda item two, and before going to the county executive for his report, I want to open up the opportunity for any board members to talk about board matters that they want to discuss at this time. Eric, anything? Yep. Katie? Nope. Supervisor Moulton Peters? No. All right, I have nothing also, so we'll go to the county executive for his report. All right, well, good morning, supervisors, and I just wanted to add my uh, Happy New Year's and appreciation. I want to uh, especially thank uh, Sup Supervisor Moulton Peters for her presidency this last year. It's been a, a real partnership, and I learned a lot working with you this last year, and I, I, you know, I think we continue to make progress on our top priorities, so thank you for all the, your dedication in that. And then I want to also thank the full board. Um, I think, you know, I think staff really appreciate the support and the leadership you provide throughout the year. And and uh, several of you alluded to the transition. And I I want to take this this moment to really uh, thank my team, the county executive team, um, and the county leadership team. And we are blessed to have a talented, and dedicated team. And I'm really confident that this transition is going to go smoothly because of them. And I, you know, I'm committed to do whatever I can to make that, uh, but I'm make that happen. But I'm I'm confident that you, that that I'm leaving you with a team that's really going to continue to make progress on our board's most priority, you know, highest priorities. And so, uh, look forward to working with that over the next couple months. And I am here till the end of March. So. Um, so going on to more mundane matters, I did want to point out that um, staff has submitted a revised schedule to item 9E, so when we present that item, we will hand that out, but it's also posted online. It's just a, a revised attachment for the, um, the successor agency item that's on your agenda. And then I believe we have, um, on our consent item, we have our new federal lobbyist. Uh, we did a RFP process and are excited to bring on Capri and Clay, and I believe they are online, so if I could ask Al to bring um, David Wetmore and Debbie Handler in to have a brief uh, Zoom introduction, if you could. Coming in. I see them coming in now, so it'll just be a minute. Welcome, uh, David and Debbie. Would you like to introduce yourselves? 
Well, good morning. Um, I'm David Wetmore, and with me is my colleague, Laura Morgan-Kessler. I'm not seeing her on here. Um, very nice to be with you. Thank you, Matthew, for the introduction. Uh, supervisors, it's wonderful to meet you. I'm David Wetmore, I'm a partner in the firm. And as I indicated, Laura Morgan-Kessler is also joining me on this project. And we are the team from Carpe and Clay. Our firm was founded in 1986 as a bipartisan federal advocacy firm on behalf of California local governments, which now includes several counties. And we're excited to have been selected to work with you and pleased with this opportunity to meet and work with you in furtherance of your board's objectives and goals. Very briefly, my career has spanned working in Congress, United States Senate, working for state government and running a trade association of um, a multi-state trade association on behalf of, of state officials. I joined the firm in 2007. I started my career in the Senate. I think I was the first person to be a legislative assistant for intergovernmental affairs, which means I was the pivot point for local government officials, state officials who were coming to Washington to solve problems, money for a project, permits, regulatory changes, etc., and really learned to see where the challenges were on behalf of local government. I followed that up to be the director of the state of California's Washington, D.C. office, where I also partnered with counties quite often, um, and saw from the state's perspective how these federal programs were being managed in a state-county uh, nexus. Uh, I've been with the firm since 2007, and I think I would say the totality of my experiences have shown me um, uh, the issues from A to Z that you must be dealing with, number one, but I'd say more importantly, the feds have all the money, the states have all the power, and you, the Board of Supervisors and staff, have all the responsibility and accountability to implement the new rules, <laughs> manage cost shifts, mandates, and those types of things. And so we're really looking forward to working with you to help navigate this and, and secure the goals and objectives you would like. Laura? Thanks, David. Good morning. And as David said, we really appreciate the opportunity to be here. We're really excited to begin working on behalf of the county. Just kind of a little bit about me very briefly. Uh, I'm a native Californian. I hail from Southern California and you know, have really focused my career working and helping Californians. I started my time here in DC working for the late Senator Dianne Feinstein and handled a portfolio of issues for her that really focused uh, around infrastructure, transportation, water infrastructure, energy, natural resources. Um, since I left the Hill a little more than 17 years ago, I've spent the, that time lobbying on behalf of public entities. Uh, I've represented cities, counties, water and wastewater utilities throughout the state of California. Um, I've helped my clients secure federal funding through both the community um, project request process as well as competitive grants. Um, David and I work closely together on several clients uh, in the firm who are also public entities within California. And then briefly, outside of the office, uh, I have the pleasure of serving on the board of directors for an organization uh, in DC called Women in Government Relations that supports over 1,200 government relations professionals. So hopefully that tells you a little bit about the two of us. Um, as I said, we're very excited to begin working on your behalf. We know we're gonna bring um, a fresh approach and a new energy and are excited to get the ball rolling. 
Terrific. Thank you, David, and thank you, Laura, and we look forward to meeting you in the near future, hopefully in person. So, thank we you. We look forward to that. Thank you. Matthew, is that it on your report? That's the end of my report. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to go to comments on item two, which is the Board of Supervisors remarks, the County Executive Report. We'll go to the uh, online first, Al. I see there's two hands raised. Yes, the first speaker is Eva, please unmute. Thank you. Thanks. Being named in a suit. So um, that, that I would like to know how much uh, money the county is going to be individuals who whom has the distinction sign failed um, to bills uh, in her. You know, unfortunately, even though she was a. You know, long relationship with her. earlier that you guys are just going to steamroller no review wrong with having not just I've, I've spoken about uh, Heidi Merchant uh, and her uh, her connections very powerful connections which you Charlie Drezzo, who was also on that working group, uh, those were very substantial. Courtesy connections were never uh, uh, explained uh, or even he's on multiple commissions. So there's some just now that Heimel's leaving. Thank you, Eva. Al, the next speaker is Clint Smith. Please unmute. All your comments on ahead of you. I noticed one project that I would hope not, uh, one need, I would say, that uh, doesn't escape your attention. Endless traffic jam uh, at the um, 580 intersection, turn right, going north out of the city as to the business in the county of Marin that literally it's like a traffic three had in southern Marin who are literally blocked from going north It's been going on. 
receive almost no attention from you. And so while transportation funding, I to the people, not as opposed to all these little special interests catering to those of us in the public. I don't want to be a doomsayer, but 2024 will, will possibly not only his of the successor dismantling it will and after that you will see it will solve all the problems that you see right in front of and it will be like a dictatorship and it will be all the board solve the homeless situation by simply by force. So in a a semblance of that will be to have something to actually we not for their self-interest things objectives 10 years related in a way that has something to deal with democracy or you know the taking involved and and formulated it in a way that is not just for a bunch of grifters and armchair philosophers, but actual people who want to deal with yes. There are no additional speakers in the queue. So we're going to bring it back to the chamber. This is again is comments on item two. Anyone in the chamber wish to make comments on item two? Okay, seeing no one, we're going to move to item three which is open time for items not on the agenda, but within the subject matter of the jurisdiction of this board. I will take speakers first online and then in the chamber. And given the number of speakers, I may limit the total time to 20, 45 minutes with any remaining comments held to the end of the session today. Uh, first of all, just see how many speakers want to speak online, Al. I see two. I think this looks manageable, so we'll go with two minutes each. And uh, we're starting now for 45 minutes, so thank you. Go ahead. We're going to go online first, Scott, so sorry. If any of you want to sit down for a minute or two, feel free to. Al, the let's first do... speaker is Clayton Smith. Please unmute. I think it's important to bring fact that it is now that um, during the time of um, 
with these novel by um, particularly Pfizer and Moderna. But these shots have led to the premature deaths of 17 million people worldwide, an unparalleled medical disaster that continues to roll on as these shots and the boosters continue to be come to the attention uh, of at least one public health official. Dr. Lapado, the, uh, the state of Florida moved to prohibit the You should begin discussing openly here uh, during this coming year. Um, continued destruction of the immune systems of so many of Marin who are now suffering uh, serial bouts of this so called COVID um, as a consequence of many of these shots. I think it's time for you to rethink this and uh, begin. Yes. Uh, the vaccination comment uh, this time, and then also uh, was uh, claims well. Um, and the day data from the said what where we're in the stage now prevented uh, deaths early on, particularly in Marin rates. Um, there were still uh, coming because preventing serious disease. Um, so then the stage became more of, uh, you know, many people were uh, still infected less in Marin than in uh, uh, or it was about half as many as the, um, the, I mean, as far as people not yet infected, there's, uh, we have about twice as many as the This is that there's natural immunity from well, so the pressure for regular vaccinations is less is limited more to, towards the people who have, um, you know, either never been, uh, 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 never been infected, uh, and in particular the, the most vulnerable, which would be the um, more towards the elderly. all the time now and that's just not happening in Marin anyway or other places so uh, yeah so I'll just end it with that thanks the next speaker
we'll come back to you. Uh, the next speaker is Seb Adi. Please unmute. Hi, I'm a constituent from Terra Linda. Um, <clears throat> and I would just like to briefly read out um, some of Oakland City Council. Israel Palestine. Over 11,000 Palestinians from Gaza have been killed in a matter of weeks, of whom over 5 It's been a long way to lasting peace and justice to be developed. The root causes of the and where Running out of fuel and medical supplies. like Amnesty International. West gates plea for international development. The international refugee in order to prevent the further loss of life of civilians and to be in accordance with international humanitarian aid. Therefore, be it resolved that the city of Oakland. Members to demand an immediate ceasefire to Gaza, the restoration of flood, water, electricity, and medical supplies to Gaza, for a resolution that protects security of all innocent civilians. Uh, creating a similar resolution by many constituents from. that are funding this and right is the will of your the next speaker is Eva please I'd like to uh, to um, support the and And I've said this before, um, but there's additional reason for you to um, you know, agendize a ceasefire resolution and pass a ceasefire resolution, and that puts your um, It could take many forms. It could take the form of a boycott. It could take the form of they to do business with the U.S. For um, you know the powers that county, it's it's getting its news sources um, from you know CNN, which is a very you know pro-war uh, entity. Um, to this is, but board of supervisors meeting, it was thirty. People speaking were kids who managed. You know, I feel bad for these. And and like a lot of the wealthier, older people in the county are. You know, very comfortable people in the county who also support a ceasefire resolution. But this is to take care of and. And look at what the kids are, are watching. Look at what they're having to see. 
to, which is being sanitized on CNN on different on the web harmful to them. So we need a ceasefire now, not to mention what it's doing to, to uh, children Thanks. and The next speaker is Rodrigo Izquierdo. Please unmute. to get rid of the commissioners who have been for for years now and they do the chair and they do not want to go out of their comfort zone they have said so they have said that they cannot take assignments because so in other words And who make no effort there, and and sometimes they even have a hard time attending. It's simply not important. So you have to to qual to vet them, to qualify them to be on the that they don't want to do anything. and they were cases they have to go out and meet the public they don't do that anymore and they said so they can't even one person uh was assigned to get a speaker from marin city and couldn't do it you commission and this sister hana could not Thank you, Rodrigo. Thank you. We're going to come back to it. Al, I think that's it, correct? That is correct. Yeah. We're going to come back to the chamber now and the first speaker. Go ahead. Welcome, Scott. Good morning, supervisors. Happy uh, 2024 leap year. And um, I'm passing out our calendar from Surfrider Foundation. It's become sort of a tradition. And as I was sitting there looking at it, it's obvious to me that this has moved in a direction of also advocacy. Um, on pay, uh, uh, on, in the February section, if you open it up, you'll see that there's um, a mosaic by Tess Felix. And it's pretty controversial in terms of it being a political leader or a non-political leader, but <clears throat> I, got, I convinced her to submit it to us because the Pope is not only a political leader and a religious leader, he's also an environmental leader. And he's been more active than most governmental um, leaders around the world in advocating for our environment. And then on in the November section, there's also a piece on erosion, coastal... Uh, uh, deterioration. And one of the things I want to point out to you is that there's 151 tides in this year 
at six feet or over, 151. There was 144 last year, and this month there's 18. And one of the things you have to understand is anything over six feet is a king tide. I don't care what the Coast Commission says, because all of the news channels, all of the weather stations have been forecasting, as they did in Thanksgiving holiday and Christmas holiday, that the tides are a foot to two feet higher. So they know what's going on. They're just not announcing it in a greater form. So think about it as 151 king tides, and that should, that should direct our climate change sea level rise group. Thank you. Amira Haas, the Israeli journalist who lived in Gaza, wrote in her book about her mother, Hannah Haas, who actually survived the Nazi Holocaust. And what struck the mother most, her most vivid memory, because she did survive, was when she was being march marched past with all the other Jews to the concentration camps. She remembered the German housewives coming out of their houses and standing on the front doorstep to watch. And those German housewives did nothing to stop what was happening. They just stood and they watched. And their silence was complicity in the Holocaust. Now, admittedly, in Germany, if you did take um, a stand against it, against the Nazis, like Sophie Scholl did and her brother Hans, you would have been executed, as they were. Two young kids, just in their early 20s, both got executed for speaking out. So many of those German housewives probably didn't want to say anything. Now today, I doubt that any of you five would be executed if you spoke out against the current genocide that is happening in Gaza right now. You need to do something. You can't say it's not our business because whatever you do, if you pass this resolution, Jared Huffman will notice. He might not like it because he sold his soul to the Israel lobby, but he will notice. And if enough cities and counties do this, he will have to act. San Francisco is voting this afternoon. Don't let them get ahead of you. Now, on the internet, there was a little girl who was following the body of her mother screaming, Mommy, Mommy, wake up! Mommy, Mommy, wake up! Mommy, Mommy, wake up! Don't let any other little girls go through that. We've got to act now. Don't be a German housewife. Thank you. Time's up. Good, good morning, supervisors. Uh, my name is Chris Jewell. I'm a retired software engineer and resident of Terra Linda for 32 years. Um, I'm respectfully calling on the Board of Supervisors to put forward a resolution calling for a permanent ceasefire in Gaza with the exchange of hostages for Palestinian political prisoners that are being held without trial in Israel. Um, the topic of um, genocide has, has come up, and you might think that uh, that's too strong a word. However, I suspect that you do actually know by now that South Africa is uh, petitioning the uh, International Court of Justice, formally applying to invoke the Genocide Convention against the State of Israel. 
download the document and print it out here. It's full of details. Uh, this is the actual thing that they'll, they'll be passing or, or talking about at the International Court of Justice. It is the responsibility of us, Marin County, to express solidarity with um, other Bay Area cities, city, cities and county, counties, uh, Oakland, Richmond, and we think San Francisco after today, uh, Davis uh, further, further away. Uh, and um, as a wealthier, mostly white county, uh, we should be interested in, very interested more so in equity and racial justice. Um, we're seeing a lot of Islamophobia um, and, and, and anti-Semitism in this county um, as a result of the turmoil in Gaza. Uh, the humane thing to do is to um, express our solidarity, as I mentioned. Um, I guess that's about all, all the time I have, so um, thank, thank you, you very much. Good morning. My name is Ariane Schneider-Stocking. I'm from Terra Linda. I'm here yet again, still advocating for an immediate ceasefire now. And please listen very carefully. I'm relating you a summary of a report of Doctors Without Borders, also known as Médecins Sans Frontières. A shell broke through the wall of an MSF shelter housing over 100 staff and their families, January 8, yesterday, in Canyunis, injuring four people, including five-year-old daughter of a staff member in critical condition now. Staff and families have moved to another location. MSF had informed Israeli forces that this was an MSF shelter. MSF did not receive evacuation orders related to this facility. We condemn, I condemn this latest attack, and it shows again, yet again, no one and nowhere is safe in Gaza. 2.3 million Palestinians are currently trapped in Gaza, where heavy bombardment and indiscriminate attacks by Israeli forces have turned a chronic humanitarian crisis into a catastrophe. More than 22,000 people have been killed, 2 million internally displaced, no food, no clean water, no shelter, no health services. Palestinians face a heightened risk of disease and starvation. And while the siege and bombardment of Gaza continues, the few hospitals that remain operational are completely overwhelmed and lack essential medical supplies that can save lives. Supervisors Mary Sackett, Katie Rice, Stephanie Moulton-Peters, Dennis Rodoni, Eric Lucan, are you just going to look away? Are you just keep not taking a stand against blatant genocide? You said, Katie, you want to be responsive to residents in Marin County? Please do so. Pass an immediate, permanent, lasting ceasefire Thank you. resolution now. And Thank stop you. arming Israel. Well, I'm... An 85-year-old uh, Jew who's known about this all too long. I've been, I've been there three times. The last time into Gaza to to visit a deaf school uh, and visit a girl I have been supporting there. Um, 
um, obviously a Palestinian. Um, and, um, and I'm fourth generation born here in California, 50 years in, in Marin County. And I really, it's very personal, but, um, but I'm very proud of the anti-Zionist Jews here. And I am a member, I was, in, in, uh, I was one of the demonstrators that shut down the, um, the, uh, the first session here in California of, the, uh, of 2024 um, uh, assembly and, and there. And, and I was ready to be arrested, whatever. I've been arrested twice now. Uh, earlier in in this thing, and you know, this is not going away. This is not going back to the the status quo of it's only it's only Palestinians. You know uh, that the Jewish uh, lobby um, with money and they say votes. Thank goodness they're losing them really rapidly. P uh, Jews are talking to the anti-Zionist uh, organizations here in California. The young people are online. They see what's happening. A lot of the speakers that I've been here before are young people, are young Jews, and they want your help to stop this. But, I mean, and you have to think, do we really want the USA to get a solid thing of being a genocidal Thank country? Thank you. Your time's up. Thank you. Good morning and thank you. My name is Gila Rice and I'm here representing over 400 signatures, households in Marin County. And as residents of Marin County, we thank you, the board, for not bringing forward a resolution calling for the permanent ceasefire between Hamas and Israel. Not only are such matters well outside the purview of the board, but debates over such resolutions in other local government venues have generated divisive and hateful rhetoric aimed at anyone who would speak up in support of Israel primarily members of the Jewish community. In re the, re the repeated pattern of hate speech turned into hateful support, uh, hateful action, once again on display in Oakland just a few weeks ago with the destruction of the Chanukia at Lake Merritt during Chanukah and a violent attack against Israeli supporters this past weekend in El Cerrito saw two people assaulted. Hamas can bring about a permanent ceasefire tomorrow by laying down its weapons and releasing all of the hostages. A ceasefire without these steps would enable Hamas to remain in power and to carry out its publicly declared promise to repeat the atrocities of October 7th again and again and to kill every Jew in Israel. We appreciate all the efforts that you put into the issues facing Marin County and in Marin County. And I'd like to just hand this in. Who may I hand it in to? Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead, you're next. Yeah. Hi, I'm Nicole, a Palestinian American from Novato. I used to think, having lived and worked here for 29 years, that I was a part of this community. But lately, as I try and connect with you all, it honestly, I'm sorry, but it feels like I'm talking to stones. Um, while you guys were at break, the genocide has only gotten worse. On Christmas Day alone, this is just Christmas Eve into the day. 70 civilians were murdered in a refugee camp on Christmas Eve, which Israel admitted 
was a random incorrect munition use. Israel stormed the town of Bethlehem, yes, the literal birthplace of Jesus, abducted dozens of Palestinians and killed a 17-year-old boy. Four churches were bombed that day. One 600-year-old monastery in South Lebanon was also missile struck by Israel for good measure. And honestly, Eric Lucan, I remember you growing up. I, I was a part of church programs, and I, I saw you as a faith leader. I thought that there was an authentic tie to the faith as well here with you, and that your heart would bleed with these issues as mine has. I thought all these community members, all of you guys would feel this way. You claim to be our community leaders, but lately I've never felt more dehumanized, brutalized, and abandoned. Israel has now set up a literal concentration camp. They call it that in their territory of Palestinians, which I shared with you the details of in my email. Is that not any kind of red line for you guys? And yet the, the call for a ceasefire has not been uttered in the slightest from this board. Um, I really hope you guys find your voice and make a change. Even if you bring it up <laughs> and say no, it's very demented to feel like it's not even worth discussing. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Jeff. I was not expecting to speak today, but after listening to what I've heard, I feel compelled to all the, uh, all the statements about what's going on in Gaza seem to be, for the most part, except for one or two people, completely one-sided. Israel, as is always the case, seems to be the only country that can be attacked, and when it wants to retaliate, is the only one accused of genocide. Hamas themselves, using their GoPro cameras, filmed the most brutal, medieval type of killings that can ever take place on this planet. If you want peace, as I've heard before, you make the terrorists surrender. Hamas, have them release those hostages, lay down their arms. And I will guarantee you, all the people here calling for an immediate ceasefire, in loud voices here, with very stinging vitriol, would not be saying a word if Hamas was winning. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Um, we still have some time left in our time limit, so there's two speakers online that have added, and we'll entertain these two, Al. Uh, there's three, and that's it now for this, because we'll run out of time after the three. Al, go ahead with the three. First speakers were Good morning. Thank you. Um, I am calling also to ask for an immediate is saying that I'm looking at the pictures of Gaza would agree with that. 90% of, of people in Gaza go without for an entire day. Literally starving children. There are 50,000 pregnant women who do not get enough to eat. There are women who can no longer breastfeed their baby because they don't have enough to get formula, to make formula because the water is so Our children without anesthesia. There have been over a thousand children in Gaza who I, I don't think honestly 
that we eat. Really is about courage. And I think what was said about the journey. doing nothing. Huffman is doing nothing. And the and South in the right to accuse of war crimes. And the question here is step up. Thank you, Rebecca. Time's up. The next speaker is Sabrina. Please unmute. I'm calling today to ask the board to pass a resolution. Find their courage, as the last speaker mentioned. To open their hearts to your eyes to not see the Peoples is justified. Is completely illogical. If states have the highest technology in the world, can you really say that innocent Palestinian people? displacing millions from their homes. The state of Israel Palestinians, nor Jewish neighbors, and the various, various organizations to decry the Thank and you. I'd like you all to look into that as well. Thank, Thank you, you, Sabrina. So I've been counting for more than 30 years. Thousands um, of Palestinians, uh, even more living. organizations here in Marin County. And I want to give you an example of some of that racism that's come <laughs> living here in Marin County. So <clears throat> the president
president of Israel. Isaac Herzl. Thank you. President Rondoni, there are no additional speakers. In the okay, meeting. that concludes open time for today. We're going to move on to item four, which is the consent calendars. We now take up the consent calendars, and I'll take public comment on both consent calendars, items four and five now, first on in Zoom and then in the chamber. Please identify the item number that you're speaking to and either the agenda calendar A or B. First on Zoom, Al. Any commenters on the consent calendar? President Rodoni, there are no speakers in the queue. And then coming back to the chamber, anyone in the chamber wish to speak on consent calendar A or B? Seeing no one, I'm going to bring it back to the board and see if any item wants to be pulled off consent A. I'll move consent A. Thank you. Second. Been moved by Supervisor Lucan, second by Supervisor Moulton Peters to approve consent A. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? That motion's carried. Uh, consent calendar B. Anyone wish to remove anything from consent calendar B? Um, can I have a motion, please, on consent calendar B? Moved by Stephanie Moulton Peters, second by Katie Rice. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? Thank you very much. So that brings us to item six, and it's a request from the county executive to appoint the new Health and Human Services Director, and I'll turn it over to the County Executive. Good morning, Supervisors, and we're, I'm excited to present this item to you. Um, as you know, after a nationwide recruitment and a very competitive process, it is recommended that your board confirm the appointment of Dr. Lisa Barhus to the Director of Health and Human Services. Um, Lisa joins us. Uh, She's currently the Director of Health, Housing, and Community Services for the City of Berkeley. Under that capacity, they oversee uh, public health, mental health, environmental health, housing and community services, as well as aging services. Uh, prior to her tenure at the City of Berkeley, uh, Dr. Varhus served a decade for Alameda County Health Care Service Agency as the Director of Children and Youth Initiatives, as well as an Associate Director. Um, Dr. Warhus, uh, Barhus, I'm sorry, uh, holds a uh, bachelor degree in psychology from UC Berkeley and a master's degree and doctoral degree from Warhus University in Denmark. So I'm learning my Danish here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's with great pleasure that I want to welcome uh, Lisa to our team and give her a chance to say a few words uh, prior to your board's action. Good. 
So we're, we're going to go to the public comments first, and first in the chamber, and then we'll go to online. Good morning. Raleigh Kasman, Association of Public Employees. The doctor knows we are the union that represents most of the people who work in your department. I want to say hello and congratulations appointment. We're looking forward to working with you. Thank you. Good morning, Supervisor Sarah Jones, Director of the Community Development Agency, and uh, I want to echo Raleigh uh, in uh, welcoming Dr. Vorhus, I, CDA and HHS are, are an incredibly important partnership here in this county. We uh, in CDA would not be able to accomplish our most essential goals and initiatives without working with HHS, and I know that it's really important to your board that we, uh, that we are collaborating in this way. Um, and uh, you know, I will make the bold assumption that you are going to vote to appoint Dr. Voorhees, and I just want to say thank you uh, for doing that. I want to welcome Dr. Voorhees to the department head group. We can be a little feisty, but uh, we get a lot done. So thank you. Thank you. Others in the chamber coming up. Hi. Good morning. Um, Nicole Tyler, Chief Strategy Officer for Health and Human Services, wanted to take a moment to also welcome Dr. Lisa Voros, is that right, to our team. We're really excited to have you and look forward to the future to come, so thank you. Good morning, Jesse Peran, um, Chief Operations Officer and Acting Director, and looking forward to Dr. Varhus. Congratulations and thank you. Great, terrific. Uh, Al, anyone online? Okay, I think I'd like to appoint you before we ask you to speak, so can I have a motion <laughs> to that effect? Appointment. Second. So it's been moved by Stephanie Moulton Peters and second by Katie Rice. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? Welcome, Doctor. So first, I just want to say thank you so much. Um, I know I'm an outsider to this community, and this is a community that has very robust leadership. Um, and um, you put me, as well as others, through a very rigorous interview process. Um, and that tells me how seriously um, this board and this county administrator and the executive and leadership of this county take seriously leadership positions in this county which is what makes me so happy to be here and joining um, all of you. Um, I have felt incredibly welcome in the only two hours that I have been sitting in this chamber. Um, I'm excited to hear there's a feisty team because I can be a little feisty from time to time. Um, and I just want to say I um, am truly honored uh, to be coming into this community um, to start afresh uh, in a county um, that I can that I will care about, and I look forward first and foremost in meeting the people and the communities and getting out and around this this vast area and really digging in and getting to know all of you um, and this entire community. So thank you very, very much. Thank you. Yeah, welcome. Thank you so much. All right, we're going to move on to item six, seven, wait a minute, okay, item six, 
I believe, is a request from the county executive to extend the term option agreement between Trust for, Trust for Public Land and the county regarding the TPL product, property on Sir Francis Drake and take related action. I'll turn it over to Matthew. So supervisors, I will give a brief overview and then I have uh, Chief Weber here to answer any specific questions you have as well as David Spear. Um, so as your board may recall, on December 13, 2022, your board entered into an option to purchase the San Geronimo Golf property. Um, on October 17th, your board exercised our first option of, of 90 days. Uh, and what is before you today is the second extension. As we mentioned at that time in October, we expected to have to do this second extension so that we can finish our enviro environmental review process. Um, wanna remind you that the, the payment of $30,000 for the extension would be credited to the purchase price if we go forward with this purchase. And with that high level overview, I'm happy to answer any questions. And like I said, uh, Chief Weber's here as well. All right, we're gonna bring it back to the board for any questions of the chief ex uh, county executive or Chief Weber. All right, I'm gonna open it up to public comment first online. Al? Representative Rodoni, there are no speakers in the queue. Uh, anyone in the chamber wish to comment on this item? Does staff any, have any additional comments or board members additional comments they wanna make? Okay. I'd, happy, I'd be happy to move adoption of item seven. Thank you, Supervisor. Okay. Supervisor Sackett has moved. Uh, Supervisor Lucan is second. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, abstain. That motion carries. Thank you, you got the extension. Next item is item from Public Works. Item eight is a proposal from the Department of Public Works to rescind, replace, and establish speed limits on Almonte Boulevard, Marshall Petaluma Road, Los Ranchitos Road, North San Pedro Road, San Pedro Road and we're looking forward to the staff report. Welcome. Great, thank you. Uh, my name is Fari Javandel. I'm the uh, manager of the Public Works Transportation Division, and I want to start this out by saying that uh, while we've brought a package of multiple speed limits before you, the first thing I'm gonna do is ask that we amend the ordinance to drop Los Ranchitos Road um, and move forward with the others. Uh, in particular, we are looking at uh, Assembly Bill 43 that authorizes, uh, starting after June 30th, the opportunity to make additional modifications to speed limits as something that will help us to post more appropriate speed limits on Los Ranchitos. And in the meantime, we've got a grant uh, funding for a speed feedback sign that we would like to post there, which we think may influence the traffic behavior in the meantime, and we can come back with updated speed measurements uh, since that is the basis upon which speed limits are established is the, the measured speeds and then all the modifiers that the vehicle code allows us to make to those. So with that um, kind of laid out first to say we'd, we'd like to drop Los Ranchitos but move ahead to uh, do the others, a quick summary of what we've got is that um, Starting at Almonte Boulevard, we have an existing 35 mile an hour speed limit and we're looking to essentially renew that at the same speed. Uh, similarly, on Marshall Petaluma Road, the existing speed limit is 40 miles an hour and we are again recommending 40, so there's no change there. Uh, both segments of Los Ranchitos uh, are currently posted at 25 and we haven't been able to update that speed limit 
in a while because we keep running into the same problem that we have now, which is why we're asking to drop that for now. And we'll come back to you with something that I think will be uh, more favorable and well supported. Then moving on to North San Pedro Road, we've got three segments. The uh, segment um, between Adrian Terrace and Buck's Landing currently doesn't have uh, a speed survey that's valid, so we are establishing a new speed limit of 30 miles an hour for that segment. Then on North San Pedro from Buck's Landing to east of Miwok Fire Road, the existing speed limit is 30, and we are proposing to retain that speed limit. <coughs> and the last segment is North San Pedro Road between Miwok Fire Road and the uh, county San Rafael boundary, not the county's boundary per se, but where the city jurisdiction begins and our road jurisdiction ends. Uh, currently 25, and we are retaining 25. So for the most part, this is not changing anything. It's uh, reestablishing. The speed surveys um, can be extended under current state law up to 14 years, but these are giving us all new ones, so everything that is adopted today can be extended for 14 years from today unless we find reasons that they need to be changed or change roadway conditions or something significant. Uh, so I will leave it at that, but happy to answer any questions and give you a heads up that I will be coming back to you hopefully next month with more information on how exactly we set speed limits and what AB 43 and Vision Zero and a whole number of other things uh, may be able to do for us at the county. Terrific. Thank you. Questions? Uh, Mary, do you have questions? Um, not any questions, but comments. I appreciate Furry bringing this and, and mentioning removing sections three and four of the staff report. Um, I appreciate it. We have a bit of a complicated jurisdictional issue in there, but also recognizing that that is a um, well-traveled pedestrian and bicycle pathway. And so before increasing any speeds there, we just want to make sure we're doing the right thing. Um, really with an eye to what um, AB 43 may be able to bring to us as far as designating that as a safety corridor while we're working on other infrastructure improvements. Other questions? Um, okay, I'm seeing none, so we're going to go online for comments, please, Al. Yes, the first speaker is iPhone. Please unmute. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Thank you. This is uh, Damien here, um, born and raised in Marin City. Um, is on the agenda for Marin City CSD tomorrow. Ms. Moulton Peters, supervisor, can uh, attest to that. But the items you hear that you're are, uh, I'm sure, most likely are all white communities, areas. And in Marin City, we have an issue that has come up many, 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 I'm talking about dozens of To the next item, Supervisor. No, I'm not, uh, Mr. Mahima, you're cutting me The, well, maybe, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. it's regarding uh, the area right by Rock. 825 may be. Drivers that uh, many kids in the area, people are not, excuse me, not dangerous, it's an area dangerous. 
kids. My, my comments are public works should mean Tara also. So. Avenue to make sure families are safe. Works. Tomorrow at CSD, there's a meeting. I'm pretty sure it's going to be some necessary changes. Uh, put up signage, something. Thank you, Damon. My mistake, Mr. Morgan. Thank you. Speaker is Warren Well. Hi, this is Warren Wells, and I'm running. Second, on the section of Los Ranchitos Road. This kind of the one of the only routes between uh, Terra Linda and San Rafael and the rest of um, Central Marin. So, really appreciate uh, the, the quick action here. Thank you. Thank you. Doesn't look like it, so I'll bring it back to staff for any additional comments. Sure. Um, responding to the public comment, if I may, uh, just want to share with you that uh, Dan Dawson, our principal transportation planner, will be attending the Marin City uh, meeting tomorrow, and he'll have some updates with respect to Rocky Graham and several other things that we are working on. So uh, we, we do share the speaker's concern about safety there, and we're looking at improved crossings and signage. Uh, a number of things. In fact, we're doing some data collection right now, right next to the park, so we are definitely in the process and uh, not going to forget about it. Thank you so much. Anything else? That's it? Very good. So you're being asked to approve an amended introduction of the ordinance and direct the clerk of the board to place the ordinance on the January 20, the amended ordinance on the January 23rd, 24 consent calendar for adoption. Would someone like to make that motion? And I'll second. Okay, move. Can I just make a quick comment? Yeah, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. no, I just, um, it just strikes me that we're dealing with roads that were designed decades ago to accommodate cars and not to accommodate people. And the old rules about how speed limits are established with regards to how fast the 85% of the cars are going is, is arcane. Um, and I just, um, so I, I appreciate the need for legislation that allows for different tools, but it's just really a reflection of the, the 50s and 60s in car culture when our communities were built around the design of impalas and station wagons and, <laughs> and folks really cruising around corners fast. So um, I just wanted to make that remark. We're dealing with infrastructure design that supports faster driving cars and we're needing to find ways to get people to slow down. Um, thank anyway. you. Yeah, no, thank you for that. Any additional comments by board members? Thank you. Supervisor Redone. Yes. I, uh, I just wanted to clarify with Supervisor Sackett that her uh, motion to amend was removing section one, paragraphs eight and nine, and section two, paragraphs three A and three B from the ordinance. Correct, thank you. Yes. Second and a half of the Second and a half. Okay. So any if there's no other comment, we can vote on this. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain. That motion carries. So thank you.
Okay, we're going to convene now as the successor. Uh, sorry, we're going to, I guess, uh, adjourn as the Board of Supervisors and convene as the successor agency to the Dissolved Marion County Redevelopment Agency. And this is the amended uh, minutes and information from staff. All right. So I'm going to ask for public comments uh, for the first item on the. No, I'm, I'm We're order on 9A, here. 9A, organization of the board. There we go. Thank I you. would love to move uh, organization of the board, um, electing Supervisor Rodoni as chair and Supervisor Sackett as vice chair. Second. Then moved and second that we appoint the chair and vice chair. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? Thank you. So we appointed the chair and vice chair. And we're looking for any uh, public comments on that item. And I'm not sure why I've got this on my notes, so we'll pass on that. The Board of Commissioner Matters. Seeing none, 9D is open time for public. Sorry. I, I just want to note that we need to approve the minutes. Oh. I, move, I move approval of the minutes, 9B. Second. Thank you. Then moved and second, we approve the minutes. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, abstain. Those minutes are approved. Now we'll move on to 9C. And I don't see any commissioner reports. So 9D is an opportunity for public to comment on this item, which is the, uh, which is item number uh, eight. Item number nine, sorry. Any comments online, Al? Yes, we have Damien, please unmute. So we'll go to staff. Maybe you could respond to that <coughs> comment and give us a little history. Happy to. The item before you today is the um, successor agency, which is to the dissolved redevelopment agency's annual budget. And the redevelopment agency was founded, I, actually, I'm not going to say when it was because I don't remember right now, but it was founded a number of years ago to um, do redevelopment activities in the Marin City community. And um, it included the um, extending the the exit ramp to make it transit easier in that area, and it added housing through the Marin City USA project as well as redeveloped the shopping center, and those were all activities and and added additional um, affordable and moderate income housing in the Marin City community. And the um, redevelopment agency levied bonds, issued bonds to pay for those activities, which are now actually scheduled to be repaid next year. 
So the way redevelopment worked was that the tax increment was frozen, and so the, it affected the tax, the agencies that would normally receive property taxes, and those property taxes came to the redevelopment agency. When the redevelopment agency was dissolved in 2011, it put some additional restrictions on it, and so no new debt could be issued. So in, since then, we've just been winding the agency down. And we have a few activities left. Obviously, the major one is the bond, which will be repaid, as I mentioned, in 2011, uh, or next year, sorry, in 2025. So um, that is kind of background on the redevelopment agency and where we are. And I'm happy to speak to the specific um, item in front of you, the, the budget. So as I mentioned, the item before you is the annual budget for the successor agency for the period of July 2024 through June of 2025, known as the Recognized Obligation Payment Schedule, or ROPS. We can never go without some acronyms. Um, and there are no significant changes to the budget from last year. However, it's worth noting that in September 2025, the final payment on the bonds will be made, leaving only two obligations for the successor agency to complete. And that includes the housing assistance payment, which continues till 2041, and the funding commitment for the community center, which continues until that those funds have been paid um, to the community services district. And after your approval of the budget, it must be approved by the countywide oversight board and then submitted to the State Department of Finance for their review and approval. And um, we just want to make note that there was an error on the spreadsheet that is in front of you. Um, the numbers are all the same, but one of the numbers was in the incorrect column. So we've passed out to those corrected uh, um, version, and there's also copies of that available to the public. And we're happy to answer any questions that you may have. Very good. And Lily's talking about item 9E at this point. So questions on 9E. Yes, go ahead, Eric. Uh, thank you, Leah. I think you answered in your question. Um, I know some of these ROPs went out 30 years. It sounds like there is some obligation that goes till 2041. So the successor agency in this annual item will continue to be on our agenda till 2041. And at that point, does the successor agency dissolve? Yes, it goes through the period of our obligations. So um, uh, this one obligation, as I mentioned, goes through 2020. 41. There'll be fewer meetings. We won't do the annual audit. For example, we're required currently to have in front of you in um, December present the annual audit, and that requirement goes away when the bonds are repaid. But this meeting would um, still continue through okay. then. Um, and there's two other redevelopment agencies in the county. San Rafael has one, as does Novato. San Rafael's is, is winding up, I think, this year, and I'm not sure what the term is of Novato's. I, th I think they had some 30-year obligations, <laughs> I remember. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Other questions? Yeah, thank you, Lily, for the report, and thank you for the background. It's always helpful to get it. Can you go ahead and repeat for the housing assistance payment that was 2041 and then the funding commitment to the community center is that also 2041 it it's actually just through when they spend the money so i'm sure it's not going to be 2041 i you know i'm hoping that that is in the next few years um, that those funds are expended there's a little over seven hundred thousand dollars available to them as um, part of that ongoing commitment and so when those funds are spent then then that 
well, that item will go Got away. It. And um, you didn't come prepared to comment on this, but maybe you can. That seven hundred thousand, what it, what is covered by those funds, or what is eligible? Yeah, it's it it can be used for a variety of things, including replacement if they were going to rebuild the community center, or for repairs to it. And there's some more specifics that I. I don't have it in front of me, but they're, it's, it's fairly general. So for repairs or replacement of the, of the community center. Great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Very helpful. Other questions? All right. We'll go to the public for public comment online first. Professor Rodoni, there are no speakers in the queue. I see no one in the chamber. So we're being asked to approve the recognized obligation payment schedule and authorize two staff to submit the ROTS to the State Department of Finance, and can we get a motion to that effect? Motion. Second. So moved by uh, Commissioner Moulton-Peters, second by Commissioner Sackett. All those in favor, aye. Opposed, abstain. Thank you, that passes. So now we're going to adjourn as the successor agency to the Dissolve Marin County Redevelopment Agency and reconvene as the Board of Supervisors. We have item 10 to complete. And item 10 is, uh, is two items, two appointments, and we'll take public comment at this time, starting online on items 10A and 10B. Al, anyone want to make comments on 10A or 10B? Professor Rodoni, there are no speakers in the queue. And I see no one in the chamber. So the first item is the Disaster Citizens Corp Council, and we have one expir expiration and the same person. As applied, if someone could make I'd that move, motion. I uh, move Lucayos for reappointment. Second. And moved and second for Lucayos to be reappointed on the Disaster Council. All those in favor, say aye. aye. Opposed, abstain. Uh, thank you. Item B is the Integrated Pest Management Commission. We have one term expiration and one person applied. I'd move Kevin Sadler for reappointment. Second. And moved in second uh, by Supervisor Moulton Peters and second by Rice to make the reappointment. The incumbent, all those in favor, say aye. 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 Oppose, abstain. Thank you. That concludes the appointments. And we're going to adjourn, but prior to adjourning to closed session and a short recess, uh, we need to get public comments on closed session items. Al, anyone in the Zoom want to make comment on closed session items? And I see no one in the chamber, so we are recessing till 2 p.m. and we will go into closed session at 12 p.m. We would like to get a picture of the board before we leave, though, so we'll adjourn and go to photo ops.
All right, staff's ready to go. So we're um, reconvening as the Board of Supervisors in open session. We took no action on the closed session items, so there's nothing to report. The 2 p.m. item today is a request from County Executive to approve the proposed, proposed 2024 federal and state platforms and general policy guidelines. Matthew, do you want to kick this off? Ariel is going to kick it off? Okay, thank you. Good afternoon, Board. Uh, I'm Ariel Espiritu Santo, Assistant County Executive. I'm joined here with Talia Smith, and we're very pleased to present to you today our proposed 2024 legislative platform for the county. So this platform outlines our county's, pol county's um, priorities and positions on state and federal policy. It's an important document because it allows staff to respond quickly um, in response to approving or opposing any legislation when it's aligned. Ariel, yes. we just want to get up the uh, slide presentation. Thank sure. you. There you go. So you can move to the next slide. Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, so as I was saying, uh, it outlines our, our priorities and our positions and allows staff to respond quickly uh, with support or opposition letters whenever the issue is aligned with our position that has been laid out in the platform. It also guides our county policy development and response to various issues. So I'm just kicking it off and I'm gonna turn it over to Talia who will speak a bit more about the process we went through to develop this platform and the details from the state, federal, and general perspective. Thank you. Thank you and good afternoon, board. Um, it is my pleasure to talk with you today about our 2024 legislative platform. Uh, so very quickly, we actually don't have this on a slide, but I just did wanna share uh, with you all the development of this platform, of course, starts with last year's document as a base. We then meet with all of our departments get feedback from them. We then each get feedback from each of you board members uh, and as well as consult various stakeholders. Uh, we have some members of the Commission on Aging in the room today. They also provided input as well as our other boards and commissions. Uh, and then finally, we do uh, run this by all of our partner agencies. So this document is a uh, collective platform um, in the way that you can uh, put that together that represents an entire uh, county's general viewpoints on issues. So with that, uh, I'm gonna actually move to the next slide. So this first slide, actually if you could move to the next slide please. We just wanna recap this last year. So last year when I was talking to you at this time, we were talking about the state's record 2022 $100 billion surplus. Uh, and then last year that swung over to a $30 billion deficit. So we really had a dramatically different fiscal landscape this last year. A lot of this was a result of a slowed economy, high inflation, uh, decreased stock market and other earnings that were down. The state really did plug this hole at the end of the day by using one-time reserves, by doing fund shifts, which is basically using non-general fund dollars. Um, and a new managed care tax, and then largely really delaying a lot of spending to future years. I did wanna point out that our assembly member, David Connolly, was really critical in still getting us some crucial one-time funding for high priority needs in the county. One was $530,000 for West Marin EMS equipment and services that our volunteer fire districts can use. 
Another was a million dollars uh, towards new playgrounds and equipment at Golden Gate Village. So we're very grateful for him and his staff that secured that even in a deficit year. Uh, major legislation last year, uh, it's hard to not talk about behavioral health. SB 43, which was Senator Eggman's bill, which expanded the definition of grave disability. Most recently last month, your board joined 56 of 58 county boards in delaying implementation of SB 43 to no later than uh, January 2026. Uh, we also passed Senate Bill 326 and Assembly Bill 531. I promise this whole presentation won't be wonky bill numbers, um, but together those actually comprised Proposition 1, which is going to be on the ballot in, no, in uh, March 2024. That is the governor's uh, stated one of his highest priorities, and together those two bills, one of them, is actually revamps the 2004 Mental Health Services Act, so changes essentially the buckets that counties use their funding for. Uh, and then the other bill is a $6.4 billion bond towards behavioral health housing. So just wanted to mention that was a big year for behavioral health last year. Housing, uh, Senator Wiener's SB 423 did pass. It did extend to SB 35. Uh, Senator McGuire did sign on as a co-author, so we did have some input um, that our community development director, Sarah Jones, was very involved with. Uh, in trying to uh, shape that to better serve communities here. Um, but we're going to continue to monitor the impacts of that legislation. And then finally, one of the major bills from last year was SB 525, which actually created a minimum wage for health care workers in the state. Um, this bill uh, is phased in over the next few years, but uh, it is going to cost a lot of money. Um, in its first year alone next year, uh, the state estimates it will cost $4 billion. Um, so moving on to the next slide. Uh, this is a perfect tee-up uh, to our most recent projections from the LAO, which is that the state this next year no longer has a $30 billion deficit, but projected to have a $68 billion deficit. Um, so we, as our other counties and our associations are closely monitoring what does that mean for counties and county services. Um, there is talk, rumors of potentially a new realignment. Of course, here in Marin, we're in excess ERAF County, so we're going to be very closely uh, monitoring any impacts to local revenues. Um, and also, I should just point out that today is January 9th, and tomorrow, January 10th, the governor will release his January budget, so we'll have more information then. Uh, I just wanted to uh, say as we're looking on the state level to the next year, uh, bonds are going to be big. There were a lot of bonds that came out of last year's legislative cycle. More than are going to be put on the ballot. There's only one on the ballot in March. It's Proposition 1. It's the Behavioral Health Bond. Um, but you're going to see our legislature and governor's administration in heated discussions through the spring of which bonds are going to go on the ballot in November 24. We won't know that until the spring. Um, but there's everything from natural resources bonds to affordable housing bonds um, to even a food equity bond. Uh, finally, I just wanted to highlight on legislation that uh, 
Homeowners insurance continues to be a major issue across California. Last year, seven of the 12 top insurers in California left the state, um, or I should say are no longer issuing new policies in the state. Uh, we did expect at the end of last year's legislative cycle that there was supposed to be a deal between the legislature and the insurance companies. Um, but apparently that did not come to fruition, mainly because there was not an equity component in a deal, meaning that uh, they did not take into account, for instance, if you're the homeowner of a mobile home in a high-risk fire area versus a very large high-value home, there wasn't a uh, way to account for rate increases to not disproportionately affect lower-income homeowners. So we're certainly con continuing to look at that. Um, and of course, uh, Proposition 103, which was passed in 1988, continues to really dictate um, many of the challenges California has in its homeowner insurance market, uh, both that there's a limit on passing on the cost of reinsurance and that insurance companies cannot, first of all, they have to get their increases approved by the state, which is a long process, and second of all, that they their forecast modeling can only use past, not future modeling. So we're gonna continue to watch that. Potentially see more housing bills. There's more talk, especially about the coastal zone. And then finally, I could not um, do this looking to 2024 slide uh, without acknowledging, of course, our state Senator Mike McGuire, who represents Marin, is named the new Senate President Pro Tem. Uh, very exciting for us here in his district, um, but we are looking forward to seeing what his leadership uh, is in the next year. Moving on to federal, uh, interesting year on the federal side in 2023. Uh, the Republican House uh, did just pass 27 bills into law. This is in comparison over the last 10 Congresses of 391 per session. So it was a very low uh, bill count this last year. We also just had a lot of leadership changes, um, both in the House on the Republican side. Anyone who reads the news knows that. Um, but of course, also Senator Dianne Feinstein did pass away this last year. And Senator LaFonza Butler is in an interim role in that seat for 14 months. So uh, certainly, I think a lot of California jurisdictions are waiting for that new senator to be uh, decided in the 24 elections, so we can really start establishing permanent relationships with that office and you know, have uh, good working relationships going forward. Um, in the meantime, of course, we are working with Senator Butler's office. Uh, I just wanted to note that uh, Congressman Huffman did include in his requests, there's an asterisk in there, these are requests, it is not finalized. It is totally contingent on a funding bill being passed, uh, but uh, support for West Marin Dairies, as well as to Eden Housing for the Point Reyes Coast Guard housing development. So uh, we are hopeful those pass, um, and you will be among the first to know if they do. <coughs> All right, uh, next slide, please. So 2024 on the federal side, uh, there is a big election, so that looms large. We'll see what happens. Um, importantly, here in California, as we stated, we will get a new senator, which is exciting. Um, our, I should have updated this slide as of yesterday. 
Apparently, there's been a deal reached between the Republican House and the Democrat Senate for funding. Uh, so the current continuing resolutions expired January 19th and February 2nd. Uh, but apparently, if they miraculously get 12 spending bills done before then, we will not have a shutdown government. So um, that is uh, something to uh, hope for in the next few weeks. I'm actually going to come back to this middle point and just also highlight that this is the last year of the current Biden administration. We do not know what will happen in 24. Uh, but certainly the Biden administration uh, is in alignment with many of your board's goals as it comes to housing vouchers, social safety net programs, affordable housing. So, uh, you know, certainly the secretaries that are in his cabinet that are leading these agencies might be more uh, friendly to advancing some of these goals. So we are really going to be working on that in the next year. Uh, I do want to say we have a focus on critical infrastructure and just infrastructure in general. Uh, California is not alone in that uh, many states have been trying to push out the funding under the two major infrastructure packages from 21 and 22, and it just takes a while. So um, I, I'm sure you've heard that the Democrats really want some of those projects to start getting built uh, because it, they want to remind people of the importance of these funding packages that were passed. Uh, but a lot of those projects are still in the applying for programs phase, still in the planning phase. Um, so we are certainly uh, advancing some of our major projects, but we're still in the applying for grant opportunities phase. And I listed two really key ones that we are going to need federal support. One is the flood wall in Santa Venetia. And the other one is the Bolinas Road, a 6.5-mile stretch that had nine landslides last year in the winter storms. Um, each of these, uh, you know, is upwards of 20 to $40 million projects. So we're not going to be able to do this without federal support. Next slide, please. Um, oh, sorry, could you go? Actually, this is fine. Um, I just want to point out really quickly that these are just general uh, key items in here, and our legislative document is a whopping 18 pages, so there's a lot more than in the next few slides, but to avoid giving you all the same presentation every year, we've decided to just focus on some items that were either new or currently in focus for various policy reasons. So just want to let you all know that. Uh, so starting with some general guidelines, we already talked about the $68 billion state deficit, so we are certainly going to be monitoring uh, what impacts at the local level that might mean in terms of the state uh, having un new unfunded mandates or looking at taking local tax dollars. Agriculture, uh, there is talk of a Williamson Act cleanup bill this year, so um, we are partnering with our local agricultural communities uh, to see how updates can really reflect the needs in West Marin. So this includes, of course, agritourism, uh, ensuring small farms benefit um, just as, as much as larger farms from updates, and as well as addressing substandard housing uh, for the workers that serve these, these businesses in this economy. Also, honoring indigenous peoples, we really did put a, a new section there that we felt was rather robust in reflecting your board's priorities of ensuring access to cultural resources uh, and accurate historical narratives here in Marin of the uh, history of indigenous people that have been in this county for more than 10,000 years. Next slide, please. 
Housing and homelessness, uh, certainly as Marin uh, focuses on implementing its housing element and building 3,569 units under the regional housing needs allocation, uh, there is certainly a focus on need for funding from the state level and not just for the development of housing, but there's so much infrastructure required with new housing as well. So we're looking at utilities, transportation, roads, uh, also, last year in Senate Bill 423, we certainly have looked at how can we, um, you know, come up with a solution rather than using countywide AMI versus um, more localized median incomes just to ensure that under-resourced areas, not only in Marin but in other counties, are not disproportionately impacted by development. Um, also, on homelessness, we have been talking about a fiscal cliff for many years from Home Key and other COVID-era programs and we are actually nearing it um, just as we go into a deficit. So finally, there also was an emphasis on prevention of homelessness. So these are rent subsidy programs, rapid rehousing dollars, ensuring people can get the support they need before they fall into homelessness. Next slide, please. Um, we also, of course, have talked about Proposition 1 and MHSA reform, so I'm not going to talk too much about that because we actually are going to be, again, discussing the ballot initiatives for the March ballot with your board in early February. Uh, there is an emphasis in our plan on child care, uh, certainly looking at long-term revenue streams. Prop 10 tobacco tax uh, has been decreasing as people in California have, for good reasons, uh, consumed less tobacco but certainly we need uh, long-term funding for childcare. Uh, older adults, uh, I know I mentioned it earlier, but I really did just wanna emphasize the participation from the Commission on Aging in this plan and shaping it and giving their input and ensuring that this plan really uh, reflects both your board's priorities and also the needs of that community uh, as well as individuals with living with disabilities here in Marin. So, um, not only IHSS, but ensuring there are caregiver programs available for those who fall into eligibility gaps, ensuring there's adequate residential options. Uh, we also just want to mention public guardian and conservatorship, Senate Bill 43, the expansion of grave disability that falls under the realm of conservatorship and uh, public guardian services, and uh, those continue to not be funded by the state. So we're looking at if there's more people falling into conservatorship, either under CARE Act, Senate Bill 43, where are counties going to get the funding for that? And finally, a focus continues on combating fentanyl use, not only in our county, but statewide. And we are looking at those payments from opioid settlements coming in and able to expand our local programs from those. Uh, next slide, please. Transportation and infrastructure, we continue to look at flooding issues on 37 and Highway 101, especially at Marin Cities. So partnering uh, with multi-agencies and jurisdictions on those. We did add the Richmond Santa Rafael Bridge into our platform this year. Uh, I do want to just uh, a note on that. Our language, uh, which we developed in partnership with TAM, is to certainly monitor legislation on this. We did have a Connolly bill last year on the Richmond Centerfall Bridge, so we are monitoring what else comes up. And we want to continue to have a focus on the people that are affected, um, certainly by this commute over the Richmond Centerfall Bridge on both sides of it. Uh, transit, just last week, there was a Senator Aisha Wahab bill to consolidate all transit agencies within the MTC metro area. We will see where that happens, I mean, where that goes. 
um, but we do expect potentially more transit bills coming up this cycle. And then finally, uh, I did want to congratulate Supervisor Sackett, um, of course, who worked on Assembly Bill 1778 with Assemblymember Con Connolly, which would create new regulations uh, for e-bike safety. Uh, it's not passed, it is proposed. <laughs> uh, next slide, and we are almost done. Public safety, as always, uh, your board has a high emphasis on disaster preparedness, what we can do for fire prevention, funding for evacuation routes, planning. Um, the Bolinas Road actually really falls into this as a major evacuation and firefighting route. Homeowners insurance, we already talked about this, uh, and streamlining emergency work. Last year, the governor had an executive order from the major 22-23 storms that allowed jurisdictions essentially to cut through the red tape and be able to remove debris, clean um, you know, areas that were affected, and uh, restore after the effects of flooding. And there's been a big push by a lot of counties that we need those streamlining abilities you know, not just in an abnormal storm year in 22-23, but going forward in order to adequately respond to storms and especially climate change caused storms. As well as juvenile justice, we do expect more bills this year, which we will monitor. All right, next slide. Climate change, sea level rise is a huge priority of your board and our county's work. The administration did launch several years ago a cutting green tape initiative which uh, was to streamline environmentally beneficial projects. And many of these would fall under the umbrella of supporting the county sea level rise initiative. So think wetland restoration, uh, other projects that would restore uh, levees and provide flood control. So we're taking a look at that. Uh, water conservation and drought resilience, we had a opposite year last year of that, but uh, so far this year, snowpack is only at 25% of normal, so we'll see how this year's winter uh, looks. And then Tamales Bay, I know Supervisor Rodoni, you have worked uh, really in partnership on this one. In West Marin, we certainly have many different jurisdictions that have parklands, um, uh, you know, access to utilities in the area, and just like one TAM, we are looking at where else can we leverage multi-jurisdictional efforts, both state, federal, water district, county, um, and other community services districts to really uh, move forward all priorities. Uh, next slide, please. This is our last slide. So technology, uh, we continue to advance broadband projects. Uh, Supervisor Lucan actually this year uh, brought us into 2024, adding artificial intelligence to our legislative platform. Uh, so certainly us, like other government agencies, are going to be monitoring, you know, how can government agencies use this and certainly accounting for regulations that are needed to protect against bias and ensure cyber security. Uh, but we, you know, want to look at how, you know, use of that can help us deliver services as well as how state and federal agencies are using this. Thank you, Talia, for walking us through the details of the platform. So the next steps are that we share this with our legislative delegation and our lobbyists. And then just a reminder that we as a county, we're not in this alone. So we are working in partnership and collaboration with other agencies throughout the county as well as our cities and regional partners. 
So with that, we will turn it over to you all for any questions or comments. Thank you, thank you very much, uh, oh. Talia and Ariel. Great report and update. I'm going to come back to uh, the board for questions. Supervisor Sackett, anything? I pre thank you very much. Um, we went over our priorities this morning, and I would like to start over and say what they said here, because I think you <laughs> captured them all. I appreciate that. Um, much more comprehensive. On the partners, I guess I'm just thinking, I really appreciate kind of the dialogue and sharing it with them so we're all on the same page. What comes to mind when I look at the slide is, are we, you know, what about our, like, utilities, um, water, and sewer, in particular, on sea level rise, and then education um, as well, because I think that our housing goals do have um, an intersection with our education partners. Um, so maybe in future versions to, to just sort of run by so that we're aligned and, and can work together on some of those issues too. Thank you. You wanna address that? In any way? <laughs> Sorry. Certainly, thank you. And it actually did uh, come up this year in our fall meetings, just the importance of seeing what support we as the county can provide to school districts when we know we, ha we share many housing goals of being able to utilize lands and develop for workforce housing. So thank you for your attention to that. And certainly in the future, uh, we will add those to the list of partners to share this with. Thank you. Supervisor Walton Peters, anything? Yeah, Supervisor Lucan. Supervisor Rice. Just one thing. I tell you, um, and thank you so much for the report and all the work that went into this. Um, really appreciate you taking our input and then circling back and incorporating. Um, I just noticed one thing, and I wanted to, and I missed it when we were meeting, um, on the flood control and watershed management under on page 8, uh, under transportation infrastructure, um, and I've been thinking about this, and so what I'm gonna ask is wondering if this language would cover what I'm thinking about. Uh, explore efforts to modernize the district statute to be more consistent with other Bay Area counties. And I raise that because I'm thinking about some of our flood zone districts that were, um, that were created by statute decades and decades ago and may not actually be as facile and or, um, I don't wanna say it's not, it's not about governance structure, it's about, I'm thinking specifically about flood zone nine, multiple jurisdictions involved in making decisions around, around uh, flooding that is a region wide issue. And I think that uh, like um, our more newly created MWPA, the wildfire, JPA, which really is much more specific and egalitarian in terms of really sharing decision-making and policy development, I see a need for us to be looking at our flood zones, uh, our flood district structures in that way. Um, and I'm wondering if this language uh, it can be umbrella to, to that sort of exploration as well. I don't know that there's any legislation that would be popping up organically around that, but I do think it's important. I think it's something for us to be looking at going forward. Absolutely, thank you. And I, I do know that uh, this discussion of the need for a regional approach on flood 
districts as well as looking at regional for sea level rise, I know they're more and more coming together, uh, is something our, our public works director, Rosemary, as well as Sarah Jones, our CDA director, are very focused on. So uh, we certainly can, can change that language in here, and I think that that would uh, fall under the county's priorities of explorations. I'm not sure that you have to change the language, frankly. I, I think it, it might work, but um, I did also put a, um, I did run into Daniel earlier today and was asking him about a similar uh, exploration in this. I think it's important. So anyway, I just wanted to call that out um, and appreciate your work. Thank you, and just a quick question. Related to the federal earmark, um, is, is that a certainty? It's just a matter of when, or may we get it in any of the 12 funding bills that are happening? This is the West Marin Dairies. Yeah, the two. It is not a certainty. So uh, there is a question as to whether the funding bills will advance this year with any of the earmarks last year. Um, and if they do, will it be any of the same funding levels? Uh, so we should know more <laughs> in the next few months, uh, but unfortunately it is not a certainty. Um, and in fact, uh, doesn't have the most optimistic view right now. But we <laughs> keep our fingers crossed. So it may take uh, a new Congress before we know. Thank you. All right, I think that's all the questions. So we're going to go to public comment now. Um, I don't see anyone online, so we'll start in the chamber. Welcome. Thank you, <clears throat> Dr. Pressler. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, good, good. So thank you, Ted Jackson, with uh, the Marin Center for Independent Living. And I um, want to thank the supervisors, but also thank the staff for being inclusive um, in this process of coming to this legislative agenda. We're very impressed with it and impressed with an increased number of dimensions of people with disabilities over past years. So um, really thankful for <clears throat> the policy around housing, public records, public transportation, health and human services, disaster preparedness, parks and rec, education and technology kind of across the board. There were two things, though, that we did want to pin out. Um, on technology, um, we're very appreciative of, uh, you know, bridging the digital divide and expanding broadband, but also we would encourage you to expand access to devices in your policies and advocacy as well as funding for lending programs or device distribution programs, because you can have lots of internet, but if you don't have something that you can connect to the internet on, um, in our own program, we've discovered that's very important. The other thing is we would oppose efforts to amend the Voters' Choice Act, uh, especially reducing the diverse voting options or the number of days available for voting without a deeper and maybe even transparent examination of the cost issues and whether or not the county is maximizing the best outreach and marketing efforts to reach the impacted communities with voter education and with input from those communities. So we wanna, we wanna make sure that before we advocate to reduce the number of days of voting in there that we're really doing the right thing and that people are being reached and know about the options that they have for early voting. Thank you. Thank you. 
Good afternoon. My name is Diana Lopez, and I represent District 1 on the Marin County Commission on Aging, and I'm also the chair of the Legislative Advocacy Committee. On behalf of the Commission and the Legislative Advocacy Committee, thank you to the Board of Supervisors and the County Executive's Office, Ben Eilerman and Talia and Ariel, for um, supporting our participation and including our input in the development of the draft legislation platform that you're considering today. I also need to thank Commissioner Emerita Subobutillier, who led the effort on behalf of the Commission on Aging along with several other commissioners. The Legislative Advocacy Committee has a robust and painstaking process in place that we use to follow and respond to proposed legislation that addresses the needs and well-being of older adults. Um, and we're really very appreciative for your work in expanding the a concept of diversity, equity, and outreach and, and inclusion to include ageism and ableism, as well as the update of the Older Americans Act in the platform. The Legislative Advocacy Committee submitted a detailed response to the request for comment on the proposed changes to the Older Americans Act, and more work, we'll be doing more work on that as we move forward this year, also for California 20, uh, 2030. Um, it, this platform provides us um, with guidance and helps us align our work with yours and it allows us to also respond quickly and effectively to time sensitive issues and we're very grateful for this opportunity thank you very much thank you civil batelier um, former commissioner for 15 years and, and um, I was asked to help with the process issue as I've worked on it before. Um, I just want to thank uh, the Office of the Executive, Matthew, Dan, and uh, Ariel, and Talia, who's been just wonderful to work with for the first time, made this all so easy for us to uh, input uh, suggestions that we had and um, went over them with us when there were questions or um, on our side. and. Um, so it's just been a wonderful process. Um, Diana covered most of the things. Um, I was really happy uh, that we weren't able to include ageism and ableism, very important. And um, I also wanted to just call out one or two other things. Um, Talia did actually call out the, um, the prevention for homelessness. And this is so important when so many of our older adults are aging into homelessness. Um, it's a large proportion of the homeless, uh, new homeless people um, are older adults, and they're uh, especially folks on fixed income, and their incomes are not growing at all, or certainly not as much as inflation or, or as rents are going up. Um, so uh, that's, very, that's a very important element here, um, and I was really glad to see that called out. Um, just a couple of other uh, things that weren't um, already discussed that much. Um, the Older Americans Act, which Diana did mention, um, we did talk about whether to include it again because it's been there before, but this year is especially important. There is really a strong effort to uh, cut services 
uh, in the different titles, um, especially in the House. And um, the, we're, we're really making an effort to uh, try hard to get enhancement for funding in the areas of Title III-B, which is this, the home and community-based services, and that includes everything from congregate meals to uh, paratransit to a number of different uh, our senior centers, um, our uh, health prevention programs, and it funds um, those programs in our county um, Primarily, so just um, can you wrap up, please? The very last thing I just mentioned then is the importance of uh, caregiver family and uh, paid caregivers, um, and anything that we can do for education, wage improvement, um, and services to support them is very important because there aren't enough to go around in this county. So it's thank, so important. Thank you. Anyone else in the chamber, please? Yes, welcome. Uh, my name is Dr. Leah Ketching, and I'm the coordinator for the Marin County Child Care Commission. Um, I just wanted to take a moment to thank all the staff and the supervisors um, on behalf of both the Child Care Commission and the directors of subsidized child care programs in Marin County to thank you for the inclusion of child care, a specific call out on that, um, in your legislative platform. Um, child care is crucial to the success of Marin County, um, Marin County families, and the support of the Board of Supervisors will go a very long way in advancing policies that benefit children, families, and educators in this county. Um, I would also like to um, add into the housing element that we include the early childhood workforce when we're looking at the education workforce as well, especially since early childhood educators are typically on an hourly wage and not a salaried position. Um, but I would also like to offer myself and my colleagues as a resource um, for all of you regarding childcare in Marin County. We have a lot of major studies that we're doing this year um, and a lot of exciting work coming forward that I look to forward to presenting to you all in the future. Um, but I just wanted to thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. All right, Al, we're gonna go online, see if we have a couple of speakers. The first speaker is Clayton Smith, please unmute. Yes, I, uh, listening to this, I noted a small bit of And I'm happy to have as a problem. I don't know, 20, 30 years, that intersection going north, that uh, created such difficulties. People are having to use that road their business, get home. This is also going to add another complexity to it. get underway and I think it's long over the uh, people involved with transportation issues in this county getting through that intersection and negative impact and so I would hope that, that would be something that gets 
more than a mention, it gets up to the height of your priority because it's being so many more people than virtually any other issue that Thank you. So I'm going to bring it back to staff to see if you wanted to respond to anything that you heard. If not, we can bring it back to the board for any uh, last comments. And Supervisor Moulton Peters, I believe yeah. you had something. Thank you. I just wanted to respond because it's come up a couple of times today, the Richmond San Rafael Bridge, and in my work on MTC, I'm very involved right now in that, along with Supervisor Sackett. So. Uh, not to worry, we are on this. Thank you. Thank you. Any other comments? Seeing none, well, thank you very much for the report, and we need to uh, make a motion to accept this report. I'll move that we accept this report. Second. Motion and second. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? That motion's carried. Thanks again. Um, this finishes the board agenda for today, reminding everyone we don't meet again until. Uh, the 23rd of uh, January with the MHA Commission meeting being on January 30th at 1.30. So we look forward to seeing you then and this meeting is adjourned.